workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Friday. It is August 5th, Friday, 6 o'clock. Time for the Joke Workshop. I mean, time for the happy hour here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, also the host of the Joke Workshop on Mondays from 6 to 8. Hence the confusion. It's been a whirlwind week, everybody, of comedy in San Francisco. You've all been here. We've all been here together. We've had sets at the Brainwash. We've had sets at other places. We've had sets here at Mutiny Radio. But tonight, we're all going to have some great sets. They're going to be four minutes long, each one of them. You'll know that it's been three minutes because you'll hear the horn, which means uh, wrap it up. you got a minute. Uh, the reason we do that is that we're on the radio, and uh, people can't see you run the light, and I, and I care. All right, we're going to get this shit started. Your first comedian. She's actually on the showcase tonight as well. Super exciting. Stick around for that. Only $5, and it gets you a marijuana crispy delicious treat along with your um, seat in the chair to see some great comedy. Uh, one of these, she's going to be one of the comedians you guys are going to see, but you get to see her right now. Clap your hands wildly, everybody. It's Jenny Hogan. <laughs> How you guys doing? Um, okay, I'm a little bit sick, so I'm gonna be, you know, a little less, less excited than usual. Um, I took like an amount of Dayquil that I thought was the rec- recommended amount. Uh, it wasn't. Um, okay, so I moved here from New York like two years ago, and people always seem surprised by that. They say like, "Why would you ever leave New York? It's the best city in the world." Um, and I, I agree, except that suggests that I think about my decisions before I make them, uh, which I don't. I just kind of plow right through. So I moved to San Francisco to work at a vegan mayo tech startup. I am that white, yeah. Yeah, however white you thought I was. This is the, um, this company was recently getting in trouble for like buying back huge amounts of their own mayonnaise. Um, it was like a <laughs> some kind of big breaking story. Um, anyway, so this company, like really, I'm not supposed to say the name of them because I signed an NDA, but I'll just say that it rhymes with Hampton Creek. Um, it also is Hampton Creek, that is the name. Um, they, they made plant-based food and they really bought into their mission more than any company I've ever heard of. Like they believed that they were saving the world 
by like getting us off animal-based products. People like throw this term plant-based around all the time, and I don't really understand like how, is that like based on a true story? Like how planty does something have to be to be plant-based? Like, can I say like, oh, I wanted to make a plant-based burger, but then I applied my creative vision and took it in a very beefy direction. Is that, uh, is that so plant-based? So um, the, the CEO was just kind of like, this company was always getting in trouble. And he really liked to use the word just in front of their products. Like their mayonnaise was just mayo. And then they had like a cookie product called Just Cookies. Um, and then they had a cracker called like Just Crackers, uh, which also described the racial composition of the company. <laughs> and, um, and like they had a campaign targeted towards stay-at-home moms called Just Moms. <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but he would like... The thing is, he really wanted them to be a tech company, and he wanted them to move as quickly as tech companies move. And so, like, at Facebook, you can just, they can just, like, release a bunch of new features all the time, and if something doesn't work or it's, like, buggy, they can just, like, fix it and release it again. But, like, you can't release mayonnaise that has bugs in it. Like, that's disgusting. Um, so they were getting sued by the FDA because they were calling their product Just Mayo, and the FDA said that this led people to believe that it was only mayonnaise as opposed to like, and it didn't have any eggs in it or whatever, so this wasn't fair. Which kind of makes sense, except I feel like the people who really care about like the ingredients in their food are not like the same people who love mayonnaise. Like I just, I feel like if you're looking through an ingredient list and you want one to avoid, like you could start with mayonnaise. Like do you think it's that common that someone's reading the back of a mayonnaise jar and they're like, shit, I wanted the kind with chicken fetuses, this just has some bean. Like I'm calling my elected representative as soon as I figure out who they are. Did you honk me? Okay, all right, well, let's keep going then. Um, so anyway, he wanted me to, this is the CEO, wanted me to like win, help them win this lawsuit by saying that like mayo and mayonnaise are not the same word basically and people use them in different contexts. And I was supposed to like run a bunch of surveys to figure out whether or not this was true. Um, so I did it and the main result I got was that no one gave a shit, like not a single person, uh, except Spanish speakers in the month of May. And if you get that joke, you're bilingual, bilingual, congratulations. Um, so anyway, eventually you're probably wondering like how this story ends. They, they won their lawsuit because, well, the agreement they came to with the FDA was that they had to put on the label, uh, just mayo, colon, based on a true mayonnaise. Really quick one. That's okay. I'll be really quick. Uh, so I'm on I'm on this diet where I write down everything I eat. I think it's supposed to be like an arm workout. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a really heavy pen. You have to handwrite it. The main thing is that I now only eat monosyllabic foods. <laughs> like I wanted to eat some quinoa, but I didn't know how to spell it, so I just ate rice. Okay, I'm Jenny. Bye. Jenny, hello again. Only eating rice. Quinoa makes you poop. Uh, your next comedian, I'm, he's a young man. I'm sure he poops all the time. These young kids, you know, they just, they just can't get enough of their own shit. You know what I mean? Uh, he's tall. He's lovely. Is he here? I'm here. Oh, there he's hiding behind a computer. It's okay. I smoked weird weed today, you guys. I think it was the hash. I'm like in a totally weird dimension. Your next comedian is not. Put your hands together for Arjun Banerjee. That's right. I do poop all the time. I literally just finished. That's crazy. Comedy is so funny. Um, so, uh, sh- <laughs> okay, so, uh, 
People often ask me where I'm from, and then I say Millbrae, because that's the truth, and that's not the answer they're looking for. Also, they ask me a follow-up question, or like, where are your parents from? It's like, okay, my name's Arjun Banerjee, a traditional Indian name, and my skin looks like this. Where do you think my dad's from? And you guys are right, Maryland. Um, it'd be funner if you guys didn't already know that, because I've told that <laughs> joke like 4,000 times. But I'm, work I'm, I'm adding something new to it at the end, so we'll get there. We'll get there. So then they ask, oh, so you must be half white? And I say, nope, grandfather just knew about boats. Uh, not that hard to get from over there to here. Four, 500 years ago, Columbus did it on accident. And he was a big, dumb idiot. Uh, no, but I, I do love my parents. Everyone knows the dead mom joke. My mom's dead, so moving on. My mom is dead. We're, we're moving on. So dead mom. My dad remarried. Uh, he remarried to this white person. Uh, you guys also know this joke, but I'm going to say the whole thing. <laughs> because it really leads into the next one. Uh, she remarried a white person, and she was like, a, she was a hardworking person. Like, she went to a good college, so inst she instilled in me, like, this hardworking, you know, that hard, classic hardworking white American ethic, and that, like, white American ethic made me, like, a very, very lazy Indian kid. Um, like my dad, my stepmom would say to me, remember Arjun, your GPA does not define you. And my dad would add, because your SAT score also matters. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I, I've always thought that joke would be really funny to other Asian people. <laughs> White people are just like, what? Because <laughs> they're stupid. Um, just kidding, they're about as equally intelligent. Actually, my, my, that white stepmom, she had a kid who was my age and raised by the same parents, uh, and she was stupid. So I don't know about stereotypes, guys, but maybe Indians are just a superior race. Uh, that's not a joke. That's just my, that's just my, no, I'm kidding. That's obviously <laughs> stupid. Well, I really wanted to get to this joke I'm just about to tell. Everything else was more or less filler. Here it is. I, it's hard to say if my stepmom was a good, she walked out on me when we were 14. You know, she was born and raised in San Francisco. So she was like, just going to the organic weed dispensary to get up a vape pen. And then she never returned. Um, but it's hard to say if she was ever any, any good at mothering, you know? Like, I guess the best way to describe is my, my, my stepmother was good at mothering, like, the same way she was good at driving. Like, she was decent when she was sober, but overall, I would say pretty bad. Uh, like, I didn't, she turns out she was an alcoholic, but the whole time, I didn't know that. Like, I just thought adults got headaches every other day. Um... And that sometimes at night when you're 40, you just start slurring your words. Uh, I need a second thing in the middle of those two things. So we're going to joke workshop it for the next 30 seconds. Shout out things alcoholics do. It's an improv game now. Pee their pants. No. Pee their pants. Drive badly, I've already said. Fall asleep. Steal wheat. No. <laughs> Make out with your friends. Ew. Call in sick to work the next day. She didn't have a job. <laughs> What? Like your question she was married. Pierce. How about she pees herself? Yeah, I said that at the very beginning. You didn't get the pee. Oh, it's okay. like the first thing I said. No one listens to me. That works. Okay. 
Thank you guys very Clap much. Clap wildly, Arjun Banerjee. Ending it out there with a nice joke workshop just to, just to tie it all up so nice with a bow. Uh, your next comedian, very funny man. Uh, he owns the car that's going to be sitting outside of Mutiny Radio for the next week before street sweeping comes. So if you want to come destroy it in some way uh, so that he can collect the insurance, I don't think that'll be a problem. Clap wildly. It's Connor Doherty. I'm actually going to move it like right after this. <laughs> I hate that car so much. It's such a piece of trash. I bought it from a man with two names, Yin Yang and Steve. I'm, this is 100% serious. His given name was Yin Yang, but according to the state of California, it was owned by Steve. And when he signed the title over to me, he signed it as Yin Yang, and then I needed to get him to mail me a piece of paper saying that Yin Yang and Steve are the same person. I have considered setting that car on fire multiple times, and I am not a pyromaniac. Uh, I just had a, speaking of pyromaniacs, also not a joke, I just had a flashback to walking through San Francisco with Zach Wiseman, and I now feel like I'm, you know, sort of like a, a party to some future arson. It'll be, you know, I just feel like I'm going to get called into court someday and be like, uh, did the defendant ever mention his intention to burn down any buildings to you? And I'm, I'm going to have to, I don't know, I'm going to have to get ready to lie. <laughs> <clears throat> Okay, so I speaking of flashbacks, I had a flashback recently to third grade gym class when we got a new teacher. So the previous teacher was this large man named Mr. Wadeen who wore these awful biker shorts with his belly spilling over them, and he left. He said he was moving to China, which I think is code for everyone thinks I'm creepy, and the, the parents... <laughs> The, the parents do not like me. And so then we got this new gym teacher named Mrs. Prowell, and she made us do, there was like a multi-month dance unit in our gym class. It would be these choreographed dances that she came up with. And there was one in particular to Eye of the Tiger that I still, like, we did it so many times, I still to this day remember it. So they're like all these parts. I can't do the whole thing, but like, yeah. no, I can't. Well, but I'm going to, I will give you like the parts. Of, so there was w the part at the beginning where, you know, where it goes like, dun, 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 you know, that part. And it goes like, dun, 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 dun. at that part, you had to like pick the beats where you were going to do it. And then you had to assume a, p a power stance. <laughs> so it would be like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and then you had to like switch one other time, and then there was uh, there was the uh, it was it was just like this terrible Thai bow routine basically, but to Eye of the Tiger, and there was like a, a part where it was like a step or no a step kick block punch punch I like I thought those were the words to Eye of the Tiger for a long time because we just had to do it so many times, and I remember one. One time, doing this dance for like the hundredth time, and my third grade teacher walking into the room and just looking at us and making this face like, what is going on? And I realized in that moment that I'm going to die someday. And that, that was just like, and I, I would spend all this time on Eye of the Tiger, and it's all this time that I'm not going to get back. It was just the, uh, the beginning of a lifelong battle with depression. But... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, so in this part, you had to do like the... 
dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and that I don't remember what comes next, but there was like uh oh no I do it was like you had to like go forward and then like back on the seat and then I don't know what comes next. But oh fuck. But there there was like this part where it was like you're doing this like boxing thing, like shuffling back and f that was when the teacher walked in. Cause like because, you know, it's it's aerobic. That was the point. It was, like, getting these kids to do stuff. So we're all, like, sweating. And the, the teacher's, what the fuck is going on? This isn't gym class. And it's so different from Mr. Wadeen, who would just let us throw balls at each other and then said he was moving to China. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> I don't have anything else. That's not a bit yet. Thank you. Connor Doherty, I tried to bring up Eye of the Tiger. Oh, that was that was a lot of fun, Connor Doherty. Yes, dancing. Uh, we'll teach a dance class here at some point. No, we won't. But uh, we'll we'll slow dance together uh, in the dark. Friends, slow dance in the dark, right? Your next comedian, I uh, I'd be afraid to, I, to slow dance in the dark with him. But I bet he'd actually, <laughs> I bet he'd actually be one of the only people who'd actually know how to do a box step. Put your hands together, everybody. The very funny Paul Sanford. A Jew, a woman, and a bigot walked into a bar and ran for president. The bartender said, is this a joke? An old lady in a pants suit, and an old hippie in a rumpled suit, and a crazy clown in a lawsuit walked into a bar and ran for president. And the bartender said, is this a joke? And everybody said, yeah, but the joke is on us. What are we going to do? 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 People say, I don't know. I can't vote for Hillary, and I can't vote for Trump. What am I going to do? I'll move for you. Know, but there are the, the comedians are all saying, it'll be wonderful if Trump gets elected. It'll be so hilarious. We'll have all these jokes. Yeah, and then he'll start rounding up all the comedians and putting us in death camps. You know, no, no, no. No, no, no. Like, just put on your big boy pants and vote for Hillary. Think of it like a root canal. You know, it'll be painful. You'll have to take some drugs. It'll be expensive. It, you know, it won't be any fun. But think what what were the consequences if you didn't do it? I, no, no. I, I'm not. I'm not here to campaign. Why can't we vote against people? Why can't we just vote no for this one and no for that one? Try it over again, you know? <laughs> you know, just uh, pineapple, you know, what's the game? Just upset. Just the, so, I don't know. I don't know. The problem I have is that I'm totally clueless, and you are all so cool. You know, I, I, I think Conjay West is an airline. I think tramp stamp, I think a tramp stamp is something you get in, in a homeless shelter, you know? And then, and then roids? Roids in baseball? What's the matter with roids in baseball? If somebody wants to play with hemorrhoids, let them. I mean, I'm totally clueless. A guy says to me, don't look at my junk. And I say, sir, we're in the locker room. You're completely naked and all your junk is in the locker. And I can see your junk is way too small for me. No, I don't know anything. I'm clueless. But, but there was a time when I... See, I'm calmed down a little bit. The reason I calmed down... 
is, I want you to know it's an act having all that energy. The, the, the comedian is not going to come off the stage and eat the tourists. It's not Jurassic Park, okay? But, but I decided, look, comedy, comedy is sort of like, it's sort of like married sex. You know, it's my idea to get up here, so I better make something happen. You know, I'm supposed to get up, get off, Get off, get you off, get some response. You know, so many comedians want to be cool. Look, if I'm cool, I remember though, I remember being young. I was hot. The gay men were after me. Whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. Right now, old women look at me and they say, yum. And listen, listen, 50 years from now, you're going to look at me. And you're gonna say he's dead. Yeah, but, but I mean, I was so hot. They, they would send me to the hardware store to get a stud finder and they'd sell me a mirror. That's how hot I was. I mean, I had pictures of myself when I was a good looking guy and, and my housemate said, wow, did you have sex with a lot of people? And I looked at the picture of myself and I said, why didn't I have sex with a lot of people? God damn it, I was hot. And I looked at it and I was getting turned on by my, my, own, my own picture. I was, I was, I was being bisexual. Yes, I said, whoa, I was starting to be really attracted to this guy. I mean, I said to somebody, wow, well, why didn't people have sex with that guy? I want to have sex with that guy. And then I realized I did. <laughs> Thousands of times. But anyway, you're, I know you're all just fascinated by my sex life. I mean, yet everywhere I go, people say to me, Paul, do you have one? I said, one what? They say, Paul, do you manscape? Doesn't that have to do with, you know, scissors and razors and clippers? No, 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 no. I think other than that, Mr. Bobbitt, how was the sex? You know, the, the, you know about the Bobbitts, the thing wasn't, the thing wasn't weird that, 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 that a woman would get mad at her husband and cut off his dick. I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. That's not weird. It's not weird that she'd drive and throw it out in the field. And, and that's not weird. It's not weird that they go and they would find it and reattach it. That's not weird. I don't know, the, there's no weird part to this story. It's not weird that, that, that the time would come when they would get back together again. That makes sense. And then they, they weren't together and he became a porn star. All of that makes perfect sense to me and that's why I'm up here trying to do comedy. And I thank you all so much. You're just a wonderful audience. I love you. Thank you, Mutiny. Thank you. Full Sanford. Just to remind you guys, uh, the horn happens at three. Your sets are over at four. Your next comedian, she runs marathons, so I think she's really good with time. Put your hands together. It's Louisa Isbell. We have really different energies, but I can appreciate yours a lot. That was exciting. Um, <laughs> gotta calm down for a second. Um, yeah, okay, so you know when you like hate something so much despite having never given it a fair chance? Kind of um, like online dating apps or my father or um, the HBO uh, television program Girls. I really hate girls a lot, and it's totally unfair because I've never watched a single episode. Uh, I've been told I'm totally a Marnie, uh, which I don't understand, but um, I, I just think I just hate it because I hate when people insist to me, like, you would love this. You should watch girls, you would love it. Like, I feel like you could relate to it especially. And I'm like, 
shut up. You don't know me. You don't know what I like. I love you too, mom. See you Wednesday. Um, yeah, so I, I've never watched girls. It's not fair to girls to hate it so much. But I do know that I hate Mad Men a lot. And I've also never really seen Mad Men. But here's how I figured out that I hate Mad Men. Uh, the other day at lunch at work, some, I, I was like, what's a good TV show to watch? And someone was like, Mad Men. They said it like that, which is weird. <laughs> Mad Men. And, um, and I had like a weird, like grainy flashback, like in one of those um, Unsolved Mysteries shows where it's like a murder reenactment and it's grainy and out of body and I'm like watching, my, watching this happen. So it was a summer, summer of 2001. Uh, I was living in New York that summer, living in the, uh, it's very pretentious, I was living in the Secret Society house at Columbia, that's where I went to college. And um, two things about the East Coast, if you're unfamiliar, I feel like a lot of people here are from California. Uh, number one, we have hurricanes, which are actually like very devastating and you shouldn't be like fucked with. And number two, uh, kids from the East Coast were just like, relentlessly um, relentlessly ironic and just like really annoying. So we had a hurricane party, which is something you shouldn't do. So uh, everyone's lined to buy like bottled water. We just flew past those lines and we bought a bunch of bum wine because like I said, we're ironic and just horrible. Uh, yeah, so we had this hurricane party and it is like in full swing. We're having a great time. There's this guy there that I kind of have a crush on. Um, he looks like Jeff Winger from Community and uh, has the personality of Jeff Winger from Community. <laughs> so depending on who you are, this could mean like nothing or everything. He's just a horrible person. But I was into it. And uh, someone passes me a jug of bum wine, you know those like really huge ones. Um, and yeah, this guy. And I bring it to my face to take a swig, um, not realizing they were passing it to me to put in the recycle bin because it's empty, because we're also conscious. Uh, and so I bring it to my face with so much force because I think it's full, but it's empty and it just collides and it's bad. And everyone in the room was like, <sighs> and I just like write it off as part of the Blood Hang uh, Bloodhound Gang song that we're listening to and um, just black out. And then the next morning I wake up and totally hooked up with the dude, feeling pretty good about it, and he's like, we should watch some Mad Men. And so we do, and we're spooning, and we're watching the first episode, and I turn to him to ask him a question, because I'm like, you know, why is this John Hamm guy such an asshole? And he just starts screaming. And he goes, okay, don't freak out, but, and immediately I just started crying. <laughs> because like, if you don't want someone to freak out, do not start with, like we all have parents, like don't ever start with, don't freak out, but. And so I ran to the bathroom and my left front tooth is, just half of it is just gone. <laughs> I looked like a fucking like Florida hillbilly and I can say that because I'm from Florida. Um, it was so bad. And so I came back to the room and I was like, uh, and he's like, He's trying to calm me down. He's like, hey, it's fine. You look great. Just come back to bed. Let's watch Mad Men. And I'm like, I don't appreciate being lied to. I look fucking horrible. And it was a Sunday, so I couldn't get it fixed. Um, but I got, it uh, I got it fixed the next day, just in time to be an orientation leader for the new students at Columbia, uh, which was, it was just such a blessing they could fit me in because I just couldn't have that. Welcome to Columbia. Um, just couldn't have that be their first impression. But anyway, that's why I just, I hate Mad Men so much. Um, thank you guys so much. You guys totally stay for the new comic showcase, but like, if you don't want to, there's also a show at Makeout Room. Uh, I'm gonna be telling another embarrassing story, one night stand story. Uh, it's gonna be great, but don't go to that. Stay for this. Thank you guys. Louisa Isbell. All right, we have a, 
a new comedian. She hasn't been with us before, but she figured out the tasks. So she's smarter than most of the comedians in the San Francisco <laughs> Bay Area Comedy Network. Put your hands together for Jocelyn Chia! Hey, hey California. Uh, it's my first mic in California. I feel pretty good about it. Thank you, thank you. I'm originally from Singapore. I came to America for college. I went to Indiana. Yeah, because I suck at life choices. First thing I learned was that y'all cannot tell Asians apart. Yeah, I learned this because back in college, when I go to the bars with my Asian posse, we could all get in with just one ID. <laughs> we used my dad's ID. People ask, why do you choose Indiana? I said, because I listened to a guidance counselor in Singapore. Yeah, she was like, I think you really like Indiana. You know what? I think what you should have said was, you see, Jocelyn, all those movies you see about the big cities and bright lights in America, those beautiful California beaches. How about your college experience consists of none of that? I was pretty fresh off the Bodhi when I came to America, so I went to a Starbucks, and when the guy asked for my name, I gave my Chinese name. I was like, oh, my name is Xie Bi Zi. And he went, uh, how do you spell that? And I said, oh, you know, first you draw an orangutan, and then a mouse, and that is the first character. <laughs> There are 10 more. <laughs> and he went, oh, um, do you have an English name? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, my roommate, she gave me English name. <laughs> it is Vagina. <laughs> I know, she's a real cunt. <laughs> I found this great new dating app, guys. I want to tell you about it. In, last, in one week, I already went on 20 dates at Pokey Stops. <laughs> Let me tell you about this guy whom I had been talking to for two months. All right, he texts me every day, tell me he misses me, tells me how beautiful I am, went on a trip, came back for a souvenir for me. But two months, he doesn't ask me for a date. Finally, one day, he goes, you know, I feel a little intimidated asking girls out for dates because I don't have any money and I can't spend money on a date. So I thought, oh my god, that must be the reason. He thinks it's going to cost a lot of money to take me out. So I said, hey, you know what? I'm totally cool if you want to take me on a cheap date. You know, you can go for hot chocolate, take a walk in the park. And he goes, oh, Jocelyn, I only like you as a friend. <laughs> Did I just get punked? <laughs> and there was another guy fourth date told me, you know, Jocelyn, the first day I met you, I read my horoscope and it told me that I was going to meet the one that day. I think my horoscope was true. Fifth date comes by and he goes, hey, um, I should tell you that I'm not looking for a relationship. <laughs> so let's just be friends. Excuse me? You can friend zone me after telling me that I am the one, <laughs> as predicted by astrologyzone.com. <laughs> Ladies, are you with me when I say I pride myself on being a strong, independent woman? Yeah, but in the bedroom, I like to be dominated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, girl. Yank my hair, give me a little uh-uh. <laughs> 
spank my ass <laughs> while telling me you deserve to make 75 cents on the dollar. <laughs> I want a guy to go, who makes a whole dollar? Who makes a whole dollar? <laughs> All right, California awesome, Jocelyn Chia. <laughs> Right. Uh, I don't. I don't see your next comedian's uh, amazing fluffy hair. There it is. There I see it. He has. He has some uh, beautiful fluffy hair. Uh, it's. It's really lovely. I. I. I want to pet him like a kitten, but I know you're not supposed to do that to black people because they don't like it. Uh, your next comedian is a really funny guy. Clap your hands wildly for Ahmed Abdul Rahman. She's right about my hair. People come and touch it all the time. And it feels like they're molesting me, man. It's weird. Like, I don't really like that, you know? It's just like, now I know how females feel whenever I talk to them. It's just like, back off, back off. No, I'm just kidding. How's it going? My name's Ahmed. Um, you might have seen me somewhere. You might think I look a little familiar. Um, you're like, hey, isn't that the guy that was asking me for a dollar at the bus stop? Yes, I was. That was me. <laughs> dollar well spent. Um, you know, a lot of people um, think my name is Jamal. Um, I don't know why, you know? I don't know who the fuck this Jamal guy is, but I really don't like the fact that he looks just like me and he can pull this look off way better than I can. Why is he so popular? Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. Thank you. Um, I'm Muslim. Um, a, little about, a little bit about Muslims. A lot of people think that we're the enemies of America. That's not true. I got a whole bunch of Muslim family members in the uh, military. I got a cousin in the Army, a cousin in the Marine, and a cousin who just joined the Air Force as a janitor. Don't worry. Um, I actually tried to join the Marines a couple of years myself. The recruiter took one look at me and was like, you won't survive through boot camp. I figured that was his way of calling me a pussy. And you know, I couldn't get mad because you are what you eat. Um, which explains why he was such a dick. Uh, fuck that guy. Um, so. I'm a bit of a nerd. I know I hide it very well. Um, you took one look at me, and you're like, wow, this is one thuggish, ruggish killer right here. It's a hardcore gangster right here. Uh, but no, I, I had it very well, because um, I use proactive. Um, yeah, I, I am a nerd, though. Um, one of my favorite superheroes is Batman. And uh, the way Batman became Batman, Bruce Wayne was afraid of bats. That was his worst fear. If I was to become a superhero based on my worst fear, I'd be White Cop Man. And I, people who don't laugh at that joke, I always know what they're thinking. Hey, we don't want to hear that. All lives matter, bro. Not to White Cop Man, they don't. <laughs> Where's your protest at? I know where my bullets are in your body. No, okay. <laughs> Just saying, like, I, I can understand them, though. Like, they're like, I'm, I can get away with this. Like, fuck yeah, I'm going to kill whoever I want, man. I, I'm just kidding. Power corrupts. I know this because I lived in a dictatorship. Uh, it's called Sudan. Um, I lived in Africa for three years. Um, Africa is really different from like the Bay Area, specifically areas like San Francisco and Berkeley. For instance, uh, most countries in Africa, if you have dreads, for the most part, you're black and you practice voodoo. Um, here in San Francisco, if you have dreads, for the most part, you're white and you practice astrology. Um, really different, really different. The only thing that's similar is those guys have the best weed. I don't know what it is, but like guys with dreads always have the best weed. Yes, yes, she agrees with me. Um, so, you know, you, like you gotta love everyone, right? We like I don't hate anyone. Like I, I well, that's not true. I, um, 
hey, my nephew, but he's one. Um, he deserves it. Um, no, like, you gotta, you gotta love, have love for everyone in the world, right? You know, because uh, love is the strongest thing there is, except for the Hulk, you know. Uh, Hulk is stronger than that, but it is. Um, I, so I love everyone, no matter who they are. Except people who don't eat pineapple. Fuck those guys, man. Like, I bet you they're the same people who put ranch on their pizzas. Those motherfuckers need to die. Look, God made the earth, then man, then pineapple. That shit's biblical, all right? All right, you guys have a good night. Amen. I'm Joe Robin. Hey, I take pineapple Canadian bacon pizza and I dip it into motherfucking ranch because I'm an American. I'm an American. I'm Ed Abdurrahman, yay. Yay. I'm sorry about that awkward transfer. Uh, It's because the CD player and the... I'm lifting the veil for you guys. Uh, your next comedian constantly lifts the veil between uh, reality and the films that I watch with his he- voice in my head now. It's not even his. You'll know. I will see if he does this. Uh, he's a dual. He's a dual land creature. He's a. No, sorry. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of magic this week. He doesn't play magic, but he is a dork like me. Put your hands together. It's Stefan Massey. Herzog voice is getting better, Pam. Although you have many miles to go before you're at my level. Uh, let's see. Uh, I know Ethan was there. Ginny uh, just left, but was anyone else at uh, OMG on Tuesday? You're, oh, well, your name was on the list. I just assumed you showed up later. Uh, okay. Uh, scary? I don't know. I don't know. Your, your name was like 14. I don't know. Anyway, um... Uh, so a very interesting hap- thing happened before the show. Um, across the street, and, and remember, this is like Market and Sixth, so this is part of the course for that uh, part of town. Um, across the street, someone dropped off a casket. I don't know if there was a body in it. Uh, I never saw it open, but it was just on the street, and there was a dude, a homeless dude with a face tattoo defending this casket with a knife like his life depended on it. And, uh, you know, there's, there's 20 comedians inside and they're, you know, trickling in and out, you know, out of morbid fascination over this whole thing. Because uh, that's a fucking bomb-ass setup for a bit, guys. But the problem is that there were 20 comedians inside the club and every single one of them has their own hot take on this event happening on the street, including this one. I'm guessing this has already been done, but what the hell? Uh, <laughs> I'll flesh that out a little more. <laughs> why, not, why not go all the way? Um, when I was a kid, uh, my mom signed me up for peewee soccer, little league soccer, whatever the hell uh, people who are young and do soccer, they call themselves. Um, and as anyone who has ever seen me attempt any feat of athleticism knows, this was a very bad idea. Uh, I never learned how to dribble. I couldn't pass. I probably tried to catch the ball in my hands a few times, which would have looked cool if it wasn't such a boneheaded move. Um, but I was reflecting on... Uh, one especially memorable moment I had on the field because like any good comedian, I'd like to dwell on my failures. Uh, (laughs) And what happened was I, the game was winding down and I was one of the only people on the field that was near the goal. So one of my teammates figures, what the hell, he passes to me. I miraculously managed to stop with my foot. And 
I just go all in on this motherfucker. I put all the power my little body can muster into a kick, and I, I connect, and the ball hits the fucking goalpost, careens off into the crowd, I assume, because I kicked so hard that I did half a flip and landed flat on my back in the mud, and I was just reflecting on this, and I realized that this was a tragically perfect metaphor for my sex life. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I was thinking about, I have Asperger's, and I was thinking about how people with that condition are stereotyped as enjoying counting things. And that's a kind of weird thing to be stereotyped for. Like, what other stereotypes exist that are based around things that all of us learn, you know, before we even get into school? A friend of mine was posting on Facebook about this app that will look at a grouping of things and tell you how many of those things there are in the shot. And she's like, oh, we're outsourcing our autism now. And it's like, you know, how far can you go with that? You know, uh, Asian people are supposedly math whizzes. Are we going to say that a whole nation of people or several nations of people are autistic? You know, uh, fucking, I guess Sesame Street has had a character on the spectrum for years now, shockingly progressive of them. Uh, and don't even get me started about that Ten Dual Commandments song from Hamilton. <laughs> All right, I'm Stefan Massey. Thanks, guys. Stefan Massey! Yay! Referencing uh, musical theater. Classy. Very classy. Uh, almost as classy as your next comedian. Uh, one of my favorite people, I actually... She, I'm ready for her to change my life. She's going to make me uh, not look like an old woman. Uh, it's going to be nice. Actually, I, I already have, Katie, I haven't even talked to you about it yet, but I'm already getting my hair cut next week in preparation for whatever time we spend together where you make me look not old and, uh, and, not, and not narcissistic because I'll be taking pictures of myself with you. The whole headshot, like, it's, 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 it's so weird, right? It's like, look, I can't wait for my patented, patented look to the left. Katie Carnes, be surprised and look to their left. Hey, guys, you're next comedian, incredibly funny lady, put you, also a great photographer. Put your hands together. Katie Carnes! Yes, yes, hello. Yeah, that's what I'm about. Just pleasing lots of people. Fuckers. Um, I need a new car. If anyone has a car, that would be great to give it to me. Um, you know you need a new car when you're the only car not getting smashed in in Oakland. It's really sad. I came out and everyone, it was smash car, smash car, smash car. My car with a note on it with a couple bucks. I was like, for real? But I wanted to feel cool, so I was like, smash. They did it to me, too. <laughs> oh, my God, Oakland, right? Am I right? Um, so I got to become an adult. I'm kind of doing that, though. I went to a wedding with an open bar. Woke up, no hangover. I know. I'm like, I'm like a, almost an adult. Almost. But I don't know if you can call yourself an adult if you're using, like, measuring spoons and spoons and just measuring bowls for like cereal like for meals you know because you don't want to do dishes like you can't you can't call yourself an adult if you're doing that right that was on there um yeah getting older i don't like it we can we can all relate to that right aging humans all right no one tells you about old puberty 
right? We don't get like illustrated books like we did when we were 13. Like you're going to get all these weird hairs and smells and emotions. Like where I need that book. I need that book because they need the chapter of like chin hairs. That shit is serious. Chin hairs. You guys already have chin hairs. That's a thing for you already. I didn't know that it was coming this early. It's really fucked up. My mom, it's karma. That's what it is. My mom would scream and be like, hey, Katie, come get these chin hairs. And I'm like, no, you're gross. Don't be gross. And she's like, well, it's going to get you. I'm like, well, I'll be 50 by then. It'll be fine. By that time, there'll be a button to press and be gone. It's going to be good. And uh, nope, she died. And then boom, there they are. So they're my mother and my chin hairs right there wisping in the wind like glitter that's fucked up you see them in the car you're like oh all right i'll try to get that you try to go get it and then becomes a ribbon but i'm just a present now Mm. she was like yeah you don't get chin hairs yeah you're fucking (laughs) fuck you guys all right i um i don't remember what else oh chin hairs no did that (laughs) Uh, there was uh, not a lot, not a lot to my day. Um, I massage some people. I massage people. I like touching people. You like touching people? Don't get the opportunity to do it Oh, <laughs> I t- I, people tell me the weirdest things. Um, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a woman today come in. She was like wearing yoga pants. It was eleven in the morning. She was wearing yoga pants. She was com- drinking her kombucha, complaining about the salad that they messed up. They didn't have, you know, fat-free olive oil or something. And she comes in and she's like, oh my God, <laughs> me back. <laughs> can you can you go a little harder? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> she didn't like that. She didn't like that at all. Um, there was so much else to say. Hey, hey, do boot do do do. I'm just gonna be a dancing freak. Hey, <laughs> shit. Um, mm, might have smoked too much pot. Whoopsie. I smoked too much pot. You guys smoke pot? Not a thing for you. I don't think it's cool anymore, apparently. All right, so I'm just gonna do that alone outside right now. So thanks, Muni Radio. <laughs> Go see her at Comedy Shop. Uh, she hosts that show at the Purple Onion at Kells. Good times. Katie Carnes. It's okay. Just don't worry about it. The other one works. Uh, your next comedian, he is a funny guy. He produces a bunch of shows all over San Francisco. One of them's called Baby's Gotta Eat. Another one's called something. I don't know what else he calls his shows. But uh, he's a funny guy. You guys are going to enjoy him right now. Clap your hands wildly for Ken Suzuki! Thank you. Kenny, don't worry. Chin hairs, they're bad, but they're not as bad as having to pluck your ears. You don't have to, at least you don't have to worry about ear hairs. It's a couple more years, maybe. Maybe you do. <laughs> Oh, wow. Look at this crowd. All this crowd of new audience who hasn't heard any of this material. Hey, you guys ever come so hard you feel like you blew the top off your dick? Yes. All right, that's my crowd work. That's my crowd work. <laughs> oh, man. times. Are t- I know what you guys are thinking. I know what you all must be thinking. You're looking up. You got That guy looks executive. He looks like he has something to talk about. He looks like he knows how to make America great again. 
Unfortunately, no, folks. I'm not here to make America great again, folks. I'm not. I'm here to make dick jokes great again. Yeah, times are tough for dick jokes. They are. Mine keep coming up short. And let me tell you, so short they make me understand my mother's decision not to circumcise me. She was like Ken when I was five. She explained it to me like this. She said, Ken, l listen, I could have had you circumcised, but because of your dad's genes, I figured you would need every inch you can get. <laughs> that joke is titled, Interracial Breeding is Wrong. I kid, I kid, folks. I love my parents. Their relationship taught me a lot of things. For example, it taught me it taught me that domestic violence is wrong. Yes, I learned from them that it is wrong to hit or abuse your partner in any way without a safe word. Now, talking about my dad, I had to fill in for him recently. My father let his passport lapse, so I had to go fill in for him. I had to fly out to Japan uh, this Sunday for a funeral, or as I like to call them, a family reunion. It was a beautiful family reunion indeed. It's tough though when you're trying to communicate with your Japanese side of your family. Uh, because, well obviously it was language issues were the big one, right? For example, I'm trying to talk to them about what's going on in America. And like we've had some mass shootings recently. And I had a hard time explaining to them why that, was a, why that is a tragedy. Because in their language, mass shooting just translates into bukkake. And, oh I'm sorry, bukkake. If I want to be accurate, bukkake. Like, listen, if anybody, if you meet anybody in your life that corrects you on, like, your ethnic pronunciation, like, Ken, no, it's not Bukake, it's Bukake. Uh, you meet, in, a, in whatever language. You meet someone like that, here's a tip. This is how you handle it. You punch them in the throat. <laughs> you punch them in their pretentious little throat. Unless they're already, like, super bilingual or from that ethnicity, punch them in the throat, please. Oh, man. Uh, Halloween is coming up. I just realized August, Halloween is approaching, and I just thought of a great idea for a, probably going to be the hottest selling costume out there. It's called the Sad Bernie Bro. Just put it on, and you just filled yourself filled with anger and hatred and disappointment. Another costume idea, I'm creating the Bernie Sanders. It's going to have everything. It's going to have the disheveled suit. The messy shoes, the tie, the hairpiece, and the frizzled hair, the hunchback. But its most intangible thing that makes it real is the ability to let down millions of people. Now, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. That night her kids stole Yay! Stay woke. One joke at a time. Ken Suzuki! All right, moving right along here on the happy hour on mutinyradio.fm. Your next comedian, he is one of the, I think he's one of the producers of the Desi Comedy Festival. I could just be making it up, but he's definitely in it. Uh, really funny human being. We always love it every time he's here at Mutiny Radio. Clap your hands wildly for Richard Sarvate. Ooh, sensual. Hi, everybody. Hello, Friday. Uh, yes. Cool. Everyone's making sure their phones work. Everyone's phones work. <laughs> Just everyone has good battery life. Uh, guys, I, d I don't like this polyamory thing. I don't like it. Uh, and I, I, in my, I don't even like multiple of anything. Like I don't like uh, Neapolitan ice cream. You know, it's like, dude, come on, pick a flavor. I'm cool with just vanilla. 
wait. And <clears throat> next joke. <laughs> the set has a rhythm. <laughs> and okay. <laughs> I don't like it when people they'll take like a scoop of ice cream and they'll eat it and they'll be like, "Oh my god. What is in this ice cream? What could possibly be in this ice cream?" Like, dude, it's like butter, eggs, milk, and sugar. Like, what are you so confused about? And it's like, I know, but how does it taste so good? Like, you don't think that four delicious things together could taste really good? Like, I think if you eat a scoop of ice cream and you go, oh my God, what is it? <laughs> like, I don't think you should be allowed to be president. <laughs> if you don't understand how ice cream works, how are you going to understand the different branches of government? That's my question. All right. And next joke. Um, this phrase, uh, the pen is mightier than the sword, uh, wasn't this written by a guy who was using a pen? <laughs> Seems like a biased perspective. I would prefer someone who knows both sides of the story. You know, hello, I'm a swordsman and a writer. And I would say there are both pros and cons to both swords and pens. Like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, have you guys heard this song, uh, Booty from a Distance? <laughs> Ugly God is the name of the guy. <laughs> so, okay, it's, a, it's this rapper. He's talking about being at the grocery store. He sees a woman all the way, end of the, all the, way at the, uh, the end of the aisle, sees her booty from a distance, and it really turns him on. <laughs> and the chorus is booty from a distance, booty from a distance. And uh, I just like the idea of this guy who just can't get turned on by booty that's too close. <laughs> you know, it's like, girl, you're really fine, but can you walk 10 feet away? <laughs> Keep going. It's like when he has sex, he has to close his eyes and pretend she's really far away. You check it out. Booty from a distance. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I was walking through a tenderloin and someone threw a needle at me out of a window. Isn't that crazy? And then I realized, I was like, wait, I don't have all the information here. Maybe he was like, hey, this is a dangerous area. Here's your vaccine. You're going to need this tetanus shot. <laughs> That's it for me, guys. Thank you. Booty from a distance. Booty from a distance. Booty from a distance. Richard Sarvate likes booty from a distance. Why not? Uh, all right. Uh, we're going to move on down the list. Some people aren't here, so we're going to go to someone who is. He's been patiently in the corner laughing at all your jokes, and now it's time for you to laugh at his. Uh, really, really funny guy. One of my favorite comedians in the city. Clap wildly for Dwight Mai. very much that's uh, that's great Pam I love it I love your intros for me you should come over to my house and sweep up <laughs> I don't even have a house I got a car you can, you can put 50 cents to the machine and vacuum it <laughs> all right folks you guys aren't Pam but it's okay because you know not everybody can be Pam you know not everybody can run the open mic and run the mutiny radio and sleep on top of the roof. <laughs> it's all good. I know what you do, Pam. I've seen it. 
I've heard you tell stories about how you almost rolled down and killed yourself. Hey, folks, just in time. How are you? Oh, yes, just in time. Are you guys uh, related? Yes. <laughs> you guys brothers? What are you guys? You guys brothers, grandpa and grandma, or what? <laughs> well, I gotta go there. I don't oh, yeah. Wow, you're like Benjamin Button up in here, right? We're gonna get you a cradle for your birthday. Hello, hello. Just wanna tell you guys. Oh, that's pretty good, man. It's pretty good. Oh, it's like the loudest snack in the world. <laughs> Let me sit right in the front and just chomp away here at these potatoes are too soft. Right? I'm going to fry it up and fucking crunch it away. Hey, you know what I was thinking about today? Uh, Barack Obama. Yeah. You know, if I ever met Barack, you know what I would tell him? I would, I would say, hey, did you know that if all the presidents up to now were black, you would be the first white one? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's my thought today. That's my <laughs> Anyways, I was walking around. Hey, I figured it out. I know why we have pubic hair. Yeah, so that when we're naked and we're eating a cookie, the crumbs won't hit the floor. <laughs> yeah. My friend said, my friend said, how'd you figure that out? I said, I said, nobody was home. <laughs> nobody was home. I walked around naked because my dad was away. His truck was not in the garage. I looked at it. Hey, you guys ever, you guys want to buy some steroids? No? Nobody want to buy some steroids? Okay. Uh, I, I know a guy who does Adderall. It's like steroids for the mind, you know, like for ADD people, right? And I was thinking, all right, so if athletes can't use steroids, right, lawyers shouldn't be allowed to use Adderall, right? Because I'll be like, uh, objection, Your Honor. Uh, the prosecutors aren't even blinking. Look at him. Right. My, my lawyer only has coffee, okay? Right, can we get a drug test or something? You're out of line, mister. You're out of line! <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna do that. I, wanna, I want, the, I want the, uh, the judge to say something and me to say in the back, you know? Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, this thing says I should talk about books. You know, I, you know how people say you can burn books, but like you can't burn ideas? I go, yeah, but you can stab people in the head. <laughs> uh, any more ideas? No! <laughs> good, very good. You passed the test. You can join the revolution. Anyways, I gotta get out of here. Uh, I gotta go to the brainwash and do the same set. You just heard me. The exact same way. Burning you with my eyes and then stabbing you in the liver. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I'm a violent man. It's the Mickey's, man. Okay. All right, thank you, but I can't put this. Stabby McStabberton stabbing you in your funny yeah. bone. That was Dwight Mai. Yay. Stabbing you with hilarious comedy all the time here at Mutiny Radio. And now, over at Brainwash. All right, uh, your next comedian, he might actually be outside. I don't see his bearded little... Do it. Nope, he's in. Is that... I see the back of his head. There he is. He's up front. Uh, hey, everybody, put your hands together. It's Timothy Pizza! Hey! A while ago, I went on, a, like, a... They have what I call a micro-relationships. Um, it's where you get, like, everything out of a two-year relationship in about, like, two and a half days. 
Um, and like uh, the last one I had, I met this girl, and uh, we go out. It's awesome. Sex is great. We go back to her place, and she's like, "Oh, uh, you like toys?" I'm like, "I don't give a fuck. I'll do whatever you want. I'm just happy that uh, you know I'm here." So she like pulls out all these dildos, and she's like, "Yeah, well, you know, I mean, none of them are going to me, but uh, you know." So I'm like, "Oh, whatever. This is a real special lady." Um, so I'm like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get one for her. That'd be a nice gesture. So I do my awkward trip into, uh, what's that fucking place? Uh, where do you get the dildos? Oh, Good Vibrations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go into Good Vibrations, and there's, like, clearly a girl that won't look at the dildo that she wants to, because I'm looking at it, and she's, like, having a panic attack. Um, and I get this purple thing. And, um, and then she dumps me later at night, so I never even get to try it out on her. Um, but I've had, like, three or four micro-relationships since then. And, um, you know, like, uh, like, we'll get bored, and we're usually pretty fucking hammered or wasted because it's a Tinder date, and it's like, what the fuck? So I'm like, you know, I have this thing, you know, this toy that I got, um, you know, and they don't even ask any questions, you know? They're just like, yeah, let's do it, bust it out. They're, I'm game. That's always, I'm game. It's like, they don't even ask if it's clean. I think you'd be going in the fucking dog, for all I know. I don't put the dildo in my dog. I don't. I don't. He doesn't like it. Um, let's see. Uh, drugs. Drugs, drugs, drugs. I'm just winging this. I don't have any notes. Um, I recently tried ketamine. It was really confusing. I was, uh, we were all packed in a hotel room, and everybody was scared to do it because nobody had done it before. And I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll do it. And I just grab a big pen, and I fill like half the cap up with ketamine, and I just snort the whole thing. And then uh, uh, conversations got really too hard to pay attention to so I was like uh, pardon me I'm really high so I just like lay down on the floor and then I talked to my friend about how his dad looked like a wizard for what felt like hours I asked the guy I was like how long have I been on the floor and they're like two minutes felt like two hours so I get up and you know somebody makes fun of me they make some shitty remark I don't remember what it was but I'm like how can you give a guy ketamine and then judge him for what he does like, how can you, like, get a guy high on some fucking cat tranquilizers? That's what I said. I Like, don't get me high on cat tranqu tranquilizers and then shame me for what I say. It's like, it's not fair. <laughs> it's really not fair. If any of you have ever done ketamine. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, more drugs. Okay, more <laughs> drugs. Drugs are always good. I'll keep this going. So uh, I was at a bachelor party in Newport Beach, and um, these guys boasted out this shit called Moon Rocks. It's like a new drug, you know, it's like, if, if, if it's a new drug to me, it was a new drug to most people there, it's like, you know, it's like uncontrollable, like you gotta keep doing it, it's like, it's like you know, like when you're wearing a wig and you just can't stop jerking off, um, it's like that, uh, so we're, we're eating all these chunks of moon rocks and they're like, hey Timmy, what the fuck are you doing, man, you're eating skittle sized pieces of that shit, and I'm like, yeah, I know, they're like, you've eaten about four or five grams, they're like, that's insane, so, Cut to 4 a.m. I'm walking down the long hallway of this hotel with my dog, and you know we're playing. The dog's running around, shaking his butt, shaking his butt. He's so happy, and I'm playing with the dog. People are walking by, laughing at me and the dog. And uh, uh, you know we're like, oh, you know, we get, it gets late. It's like 5 a.m. by now. The dog had a good walk. We get in bed. I'm laying in the bed at the Newport Marriott, uh, Newport Marriott, and looking at the asbestos in the ceiling, like changing patterns and shapes. And, and I'm like, holy shit. My dog's in Oakland with my mom. <laughs> Timothy Pizza, thanks. Yay! Yay! Drug stories at Timothy Pizza. 
I too have taken ketamine and the universe was rebirthed and wasn't that lovely. Thanks, Burning Man 2007. Your next comedian is a funny lady. I believe it might be her tumorversary coming up very soon. You guys are going to love her. It's Rachel Raphael. <laughs> microphones do we need there's one for the taller people um i i probably need i probably need zero i'm pretty fucking loud but uh so that's the talking part of the audience um has anyone actually worn a wig because i've never felt sexy it's just very hot and sweaty and i've also worn a fake mustache also not felt felt sexy that is very uncomfortable um Ties also don't make you feel sexy. Uh, <laughs> everyone's like, what's going on? I used to be uh, Dr. Scott, a.k.a. the guy in the wheelchair in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, so that's why I have, I only have two wigs, an old man wig and an ugly lady wig. Um, but yeah, so I don't know why everyone's feeling sexy in wigs. Yes, uh, uh, next month it will be my tomb anniversary. And in case I didn't want to remind myself, my body said, let's remind you, Let's get an umbilical hernia. Yes. That's, that's where you get one in your belly button. You have one of those too? Two. You have two umbilical hernias? You have two belly buttons? No, hernias. Oh, okay. All right. Well, anyway, um, that's mostly what pregnant ladies get. And, you know, I mean, I was pregnant. Not with children, but with uh, benign ovarian tumors. Two, one on each side. That's right. Is this the right time to just say, fellas, I'm single? I'm not sure when the right time in my set is, but I know there is one, and I'm going to find it. Um, my body, you know, I think my body's like, Rachel, you emotionally are a commitment foe, but we aren't. So we're going to get two tumors, one on each ovary. Uh, so now I have half of one. So if someone else's healthy ovaries is Nemo, I have Nemo's little janky fin. That's, that's the ratio. <laughs> um, and yes, I did like avoid looking at the one lady in the audience because I'm like, like so, so no, we're talking about your, your ovaries, your uterus. Uh, no, um, so I looked pregnant, but I didn't have enough time or like mental space to do all the pranks I wanted to do because I was too busy going like, oh shit, I might have cancer. We all just thought I was getting really fat. Uh, <laughs> I, thought every, I thought I was getting so fat that everyone was getting really animated about like offering me seats on the bus. Turns out they just thought I was pregnant. Um, and I really should have taken more of those seats, but I was too busy feeling bad that I was fat. Now, I mean, so now I'm not pregnant with tumors, just chicken wings. I like chicken wings and naps are awesome. Uh, that's what I'm pregnant with now, laziness. Um, but so here are my pranks uh, for next, well, I probably won't. Um, okay, yeah, I have to leave soon, but some pranks for if you look pregnant but aren't, um, drink a hot tub, drink, <laughs> drink a hot tub, drink a 40 in a hot tub smoking a cigarette. Have lots of people just bring things that, like, pregnant ladies shouldn't be around. Have, like, five dudes just hold you up, like, sideways, and you just, like, shrug. Like, who knows whose it is? And a really passionate um, uh, Papa Don't Preach karaoke set. All right, I have to leave now. Oh yeah. <laughs> Give it up for Rachel Romeo! 
Uh, I sound like I had puberty there. Uh, this next comedian is a very sensual man. I like it when he holds me, tells me everything's going to be all right. Everybody, clap very slowly for Ethan Albers. Slower. Yeah, like it's a slow jam. There we go. That's good. Everything's not going to be all right, pizza. Nothing's going to be okay. You're going to die. You're probably going to die soon, actually, because you don't have a sense of smell. The odds of somebody dying within like 10 years have to lose a sense. Is a 10 years journey within 10 years of losing your sense of smell? It's like pretty high. It's like at a 90% rate. So 10 pizza probably won't see the fur. I don't know. Round of applause for 10 pizza on the board, guys. He's going to die. I've been waiting. <laughs> oh, man. I'm a little... I uh, I don't like drinking. I do it, but I hate it. It's awful. I get in trouble. I get in trouble when I drink. I get I get rowdy. I get mischief. I attract stuff. Does that make sense? Like I attract rowdiness, mischief. We on board? We on board? Like the last time I really attracted uh, rowdiness. It's a couple of months back, and I was uh, out with a friend, and I was walking back home, and I had uh, these two guys come up to me, and they attempted, like one came up and he like pushed me, uh, and I was like, whoa, whoa, that's not right. And this other guy came in and like tried to put his hands in my pants, but not like in a good way. And so like I shoved the guy away, who's trying to get in my pants, not in a good way. And then like the first guy that came push me tries to push me again. And the only way I can describe what I do next is like a wrestling chokehold. I get him in a chokehold, and I'm just like strangling him. And all of a sudden, the whole dynamic of the situation changed because this guy who's like hitting me, his friend's hitting me, and he stops. And his friend goes, knock it off, man. This isn't cool anymore. Stop it, man. And so I naturally go, apologize. And he goes, I'm sorry. I'm like, sorry for what? He goes, I'm sorry for trying to rob you, dude. I'm like, yeah, it's not very nice, huh? And I, like, let his friend go, and his friend's, like, down there, like, grasp her air. And the guy, his friend was, like, begging me to stop, uh, like, looks at me. He goes, you know what, dude? You're fucked up. That's not cool. Are you kidding me? I'm the one, I'm the Robbie here, and I'm not, I'm still not cool in that situation. I just fucking, that's not cool. And here's the thing. I've, I've known that chokehold since I was, like, 12 or 10. And it got me in trouble the last time I used that chokehold. I was uh, 12 years old, and I was at Shane Hinkle's backyard birthday slash wrestling party. And I was matched with a kid in my weight class, and it doesn't matter that he may or may not have had Down syndrome. <laughs> well, either way, kid starts punching me in the face. I kind of lose my temper. I lock in a chokehold on him, so I strangle him. I get banned from Shane Hinkle's 12-year-old 12, 12, 12 backyard wrestling party. What's that teach you to, uh, about me? That I'm too bad of a fighter for the street, and I'm too bad of a fighter for the ring, I guess. That's really what it taught me. Kind of low energy today. Who's happy in here? I know you're happy. I've asked you that before. He's a happy guy. He understands it. You're happy? Really? Round of applause for that. He's happy. All right. Thank you very much. Ethan Albers. 
clap wildly. Ethan Albers, yay. And then yay. Timothy Pizza running the ones and twos so I could smoke a cigarette. That was nice. Your next comedian took off his big hat and he's ready to waltz into your hearts right now. Everybody put your hands together. It's Sanj Nawa. Where are you, Sand? Sand, Sand. Sand. Anybody want to yell out the door and go, Sand? It's your turn. Sand. It's your turn, Sand. Sand, Sand, Sand. It's your turn, Sand. It's your turn. No, he would just walked in. He just walked in. He just, uh, he moves to the bottom of the list. Your next comedian, he's a new guy. He has long hair. Put your hands together for his man bun. It's Brian Thompson. Hello. Yeah, what's up, everybody? I'm Brian Brian Thompson. Don't have a website. It's just so you don't have to remember it or anything. Um... I'm a new comic, as as was mentioned, and I've been uh, I've been really leveraging this thing I saw on Facebook. The CEO of Spanx was talking about how her father would ask her every day, "How did you fail today?" And she had to respond, and she, he would be like, "Great job," because that dude knew that life is just a fucking game. So we should play, you know, like get yourself out there, fail, and celebrate the failures. And I was like, "That's smart." So I'm internalizing that. I got my own internalized father in my heart, and I ask myself, how did you fail? I'm like, right now, I'm failing. No one's laughing at any of this. I'm like, good job, good job, son. I'm like, thanks, Dad. Thank you. Yeah, because life's hard enough, you know? So it's good to have that uh, internalized father figure. Um, you know, it is, it's hard. Like, for example, I was in my room earlier today, and this thought came to me, don't masturbate. And uh, the reason that thought comes is because before that thought is the uh, is the is like the ghost of masturbation past, present, and future. And he's like, "Look at the titties! Look at the titties! Look at the titties right now! You're gonna look at the titties." And I'm like, "Fuck! He's right! He's right!" And uh, and so then I check in with my body. I'm like, "Body, should I should I do this?" And my body, of course, is like. It'd be better off to just keep that protein in you. Like, another, th- I don't really want to make like three million more seeds right now. And then the voice comes, he's like, But you're going to look at the titties, they're going to be bouncing, it's going to be amazing. And I'm like, Fuck, he's right. That's a joke about sex addiction. I don't think you should be laughing about that, actually. It's not a, it's not a funny s- topic. Um, yeah, another thing that happens is I'll just be sitting in my room and anxiety will come. I'm just be like, boom, all this anxiety. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I have to check in. Why the fuck do I have anxiety? I'm a tall, white, heterosexual man in America, 2016, and suddenly I'm, I have all this anxiety. Like, what, what is this? Like, uh, so, so what I do, I've, I've built a little ritual around that. I get up, and I go, and I look in the mirror, and I say, hey, how's it going? It's okay. It's okay. I'm like, thanks, Dad. And then I touch in on a deeper part that I like to call um, rage. And I let the rage come over, and the rage takes the anxiety. He's like, you motherfucker, just calm the fuck down, you privileged piece of shit. 
and um, and that tends to help, you know. And then I go and I sit down. <sighs> look at the titties! Look at the titties! Look at the titties! Look at the titties! <laughs> That's the one-minute mark. Hmm. Um. I thought that was going to take more time. <laughs> so my buddy uh, got gout, and this really, this really freaked me out. I started to panic. Uh, he's like, I have gout. And I was like, holy shit, bro. Gout, you know? And then I had to backtrack. I'm like, what the fuck is gout, actually? And he explained it's... Uh, but, but for a second there, I was just freaking out because I thought gout was something you got like on the Oregon Trail and you're just like definitely going to die. But it's just arthritis of the ankles, I think. That's how he explained it. He downplayed it because I think he got it from being an alcoholic. Um, and that's my, that's my little four-minute dandy for you tonight. <laughs> I'm Brian Thompson. Brian Take Thompson. Care. Look at the titties. Brian Thompson, yay. And then yay, clapping wildly, yay, yay, or it's golf clattering smatters, yay. Uh, your next comedian, he's going to wear his hat. He doesn't even care to take it off for you, you guys. Uh, but slap your meat paws together. It's San Janawa. What's up? Is this the right mic? Yeah? <laughs> All right. All right, what's up, guys? Uh, I love performing here because it's so not hostile, and all you guys are so receptive to my material every single week. That's why I love coming back here so much. Uh, I think, like, this is a well-known fact, but I think people think, like, material things are overvalued, like, compared to people, right? And I feel like you know that because old baseball cards are worth more, and old people are worth less, you know what I mean? I feel like that's how it is in our society. It's really sad. I w <laughs> Thank you. All right, I chuckle, dude. I fucking killed. I'm done. I'm just going to drop the mic. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, I uh, read Yahoo News, which is why I'm so uninformed, you know? And I was, re <laughs> I was reading an article that said uh, seven steps to deal with depression. Step number one, kill yourself. There were no more steps. That was the only step on the list. It was a really short article. It's pretty good. I bookmarked it. It's a good read. I know someone who just got out of prison recently. And he said the scariest guys in prison are white. Which kind of makes sense, right? Because if you're black, you could go to prison for shoplifting. But if you're white and you're in prison, you killed at least four people. You know what I mean? Like, two of them were kids who watched their parents die. That's, <laughs> that's basically what it is. It makes perfect sense to me. <sighs> I grew up in San Francisco. San Francisco is pretty liberal, but in high school, uh, I lied about being gay. I told everyone I was gay. I just wanted to fit in so bad, guys. All right, I'll rework, I'll rework that. <laughs> guys, take it easy. I never said I was funny. I didn't even know. I thought I, lo I actually thought I missed my spot. I came in. I was like, oh, my God. It's going to be. <laughs> I did? 
So you put me up anyway. Thank you so much, Pam. I love you, Pam. You guys want to see some impressions? Yeah. I mean, what are you going to say? No. Like, <laughs> want to see some impressions? All right. Do whatever you want with your four minutes. Uh, uh, I think, uh, I don't know. It's pretty sad that Robin Williams died, right? But uh, I got an impression of him, so I'm going to do it. Uh, I don't know how that relates to my first, the first thing I said, but I'll just do it. <laughs> uh, hello, it's, Ro it's Robin Williams. It's good to be back in San Francisco. This is where I grew up. It's incredible. It's fabulous. Uh, what else did I say? Everybody always, everybody, everybody always asks me, Robin, how'd you get so funny? And I say, it's always, I've always been funny. You know, I know what you're thinking right now. And am I back from the dead? But no, this guy Sanj is really good at impressions. He's just doing me right now. That's just how it works. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it better, guys. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to make it better, but this is a rough, this is a rough, a rough draft. All right, I'll show you some better impressions, all right? You want to see Obama's impression? Hello, Donald. It's Obama. I was thinking, I was hoping, you drop out of the election. I think it'd be the best thing for you and the best thing for America. All right, first of all, Barack, I don't care what you say at all. All right, go fuck yourself, all right? I'll fuck you over like I'd fuck my daughter. All right, I'll do it. All right, you guys have been so great. Thank you so much. It's the first Trump impression I've seen yet this political season. Keep it going for San Genoa. Yay! Yay! All right, uh, your next comedian, really funny lady, super happy every time I get to see her perform. Uh, very political herself. Uh, but in a funny way, which is good. Uh, put your hands together. It's Journey Roberts. Yeah. I think that's the nicest way you can describe political comedy. But in fairness, you can kind of describe all stand-up that way also. <laughs> so that was my favorite compliment. I can't even remember who said it to me. They're like, you're like a comedian, but funny. I was like, aw. <laughs> it's adorable. It's like, so cute. I mean, oh my god, I almost cried the other day. I had dinner with a family. <laughs> I was walking, like, because we spent all our time around, you know, 20-something, like, vaguely, like, not even drug-addicted, just, like, like not even alcoholic, just like half-assed alcoholic, fucking nihilistic, piece of shit, aimless twenty-something dirtbags, and just watching a mom and daughter irritate each other. Like I had to like not cry on the way home. It was oh, this is what people are supposed to be doing. Not that I want to push out Rugrats, because you have to like like a guy enough to want to copy him. <laughs> I have yet to find, you know, other than if Jack White shows up in my life. Otherwise, I can't, I can't otherwise, I, I don't, no, no. We've stopped making grown-ups, right? Like, we just don't do that anymore. <laughs> there's no more, there's not even cowboys. I mean, bitches used to complain there's no more gangsters and cowboys. There's just, just a, like a, an adult. That's <laughs> all. He doesn't, not even an employed adult, just a guy who, I don't know, he doesn't even have to dress right. Just a guy who can think about something other than, which is impossible. I understand. It's not possible to think about anything other than yourself when there's Twitter. I understand. <laughs> That's not an option for anybody anymore. Like you just you're in this cloud of fucking pop culture that's just been infecting your brain <laughs> since the beginning. I don't even you know what? I don't fucking know who Johnny Carson is. I don't. I really don't. I know Kevin Spacey doing Johnny Carson. That's <laughs> that is what I've got. 
have no fucking sense of history. I have no, I have no idea how to make sense of the world. But I got Kevin Spacey in my brain doing Johnny Carson. <laughs> That's the best I can fucking do today. Is <laughs> mm, boy, oh, that's what I got. So I understand. That's a cheap copy of a shadowy impression of a dead man. <laughs> that, that is what that. That is what that is. It's just this is our lives now. Our brains are all just garbage. I'm so I'm sorry to tell you, everybody's brain. Oh, it's trash. There's no, can you imagine like Voltaire today? He'd just be a fucking mess. Like there's no, there's no more Montaigne's. There's no, there are, they write books, but we don't do that anymore. <laughs> like we don't, yeah, books are dumb. There's too many of them. Like, like where, <laughs> where would you even start with books? There's fucking so many. I mean, you could, you could start reading now. To, I think there was a guy in like the beginning of the 20th century where they, he went, his obituary, they said he's the guy who read all the books. Every, every single book that came out, this guy had managed to read. You're not even going to get through every episode of Cheers. <laughs> That's just, I mean, I did, because I'm a loser. <laughs> but but you're, you're never going to get through every solid classic episode of television. Forget fucking books. <laughs> Fuck books. Uh, uh, just, you know, leaking out my depression. That's all I wanted. Thank you so much. Keep it going for Journey Roberts, the poor man's Helen Hunt. Yes. I, uh, I watched a movie the other day with Helen Hunt, and I had to explain to a friend in Boston how you were the poor man's Helen Hunt. I'm like, Helen Hunt is actually Journey Roberts. And I had to explain to my friend, the good doctor, as we were watching a movie. She's like, who is Helen Hunt? I'm like, Helen Hunt doesn't exist anymore. It's really just Journey Roberts. Don't worry, you can come see her do comedy at the Brainwash many nights a week. Uh, yay, Journey Roberts, yay! Yay! All right, moving right along. Your next comedian, he runs filmdrunk.com. A funny guy has been coming back here weekly to Mutiny Radio, and we're glad to have him every time. Get ready to laugh your buns off. It's Vince Mancini! All right, we got the father and son up front. Do you guys ever, like, look at each other and be like, all right, one of us has got to shave the beard. Someone's got someone's to get rid of it. That's what I would do. My dad lives in an RV, so I'm glad you guys have a good relationship. I was hanging out with my dad... <laughs> The other day, you're not you're not related. You can't just say that and expect the comedians not to comment on it. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? I don't even know where to go with that one. How? Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. Are you doing material here, or is that just okay? My dad does live in an RV, though. I was hanging out with him the other day, and I was like, "Dad, you got a you got a hole in your shirt," and he's like, "Oh yeah, I got I got this rat problem." And we're eating dinner with my girlfriend at the time, and I know she's seeing him as, like, the future version of me, and it's not looking too good. <laughs> Lives in an RV uh, that's infested with rats. Um, anyway, I'm really into amputee porn. Uh, went to that Stumptown Coffee. It was way less cool than I thought it was going to be. Um, thank you, Pam. That's... That's just pity claps, but I'll take it. I'll take your pity. I'll take any validation you guys got. Yeah. 
All right. Um, if you guys are wondering what you're looking at here, this is sort of what happens when you're not quite dumb enough to be a meathead and you're not quite smart enough to be an intellectual. You just get a dude. <laughs> Dudes, we're kind of we're like a a subspecies of bro, where. We still like doing broy stuff, but we're cursed with the knowledge of how bad it is. It's the inner turmoil that we live in. And it works both ways, too. Like, I listen to NPR every day, even though I hate it. That's something that I do. Uh, I mean, because the, the intellectual in me, I can't resist, I can't resist their, their, their human interest content. But then the public school kid in me kind of wants to put all the reporters in a trash can. That's... <laughs> it's hard to do. All right. You guys, I, uh, you know, San Francisco, we got everybody that works in tech that lives here now. One of my friends uh, went to work at Salesforce recently. I don't know if you guys know about Salesforce. I don't really know what they do either, but I found out that the CEO, he made a bunch of money and then he moved to Hawaii and now he signs all his emails, aloha, and the bathrooms are not called men and women. They're called kane and wahine. And you don't make bonuses. You get kokua. Because uh, the company has 21,000 employees. Can you imagine if you were rich enough to make 21,000 people just live inside your shitty one-semester study abroad affectation for like their entire working lives? Like when, did, when did a job become like going to the world's shittiest summer camp? It's just like there's a theme. You feel like everyone's judging you for not being enthusiastic enough about it. Or maybe I want to have an ISIS-themed tech company. <laughs> you're in a board meeting. You're like, whoa, easy there, Susan. Negativity is haram during jihad sessions. All right, I'm going to bring up our martyr of the month, Dave, for handling the Fisher account. Congratulations to Dave for being our martyr of the month. He's going to get 72 hours of PTO in Paradise, Arizona, at our company timeshare. Everybody give it up for Dave. That's my ISIS-themed tech company. Yes, that joke is racist, but it's racist against the terrorists. All right, you guys. My name is Vince Mancini. Thanks a lot. Yay! Yay! Racism against terrorists. Vince Mancini. Yay! Cedric Drake, are you here? No. Ian Levy, Brady Holt, no, no. I know who's here. He's sitting in the corner with his hat pulled down over his eyes. He's going to come up for you guys right now and make you laugh. Put your hands together for George Davis. Yay! Don't worry about it. Relax. All right. Oh, all right. On my way here tonight, I saw a... Uh, <laughs> I saw a coroner, a coroner. I always have a problem with that word, a coroner, like a, the car, or the car, it's not a car, it's a rack. And I looked at that mattress on it and I was like, holy shit, I've seen one of those mattresses before. I've seen them when I used to uh, uh, be homeless in Oakland ages ago. And I was like, why the fuck have I seen this before? Because those are the mats that they throw out on the floor of City Team. And City Team is the only fucking place that charges a homeless person two bucks a night to sleep on the floor on the same fucking mat that they draw the dead bodies out on. So I thought that was kind of weird. I just on my way here tonight. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, the reason I was out there was because I was a shitty boyfriend and my girlfriend decided to tell me to go fuck myself. And since she was on the lease, 
I had to go. <laughs> and I didn't know anybody in California. I still don't really know anybody in California except for like, you know, a couple of people. But um, I just, I still can't get over the fact, it takes some kind of balls in a state that doesn't even give you 10 cents a can to charge you two bucks a night when you don't got shit and you're carrying everything with you. It's like, go fuck yourself. And they ended up closing down. But before they did, one of the nights when I was sleeping on the floor there, they decided with the surcharge, you got a movie that night. And they decided to play a movie I had never seen and I've only seen once was uh, Black Hawk Down. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen Black Hawk Down, but it's a really fucking loud machine gun movie, right? Like, we were laying on the floor, and there's a TV the size of, like, this, the space between the two fucking curtains, and they got this fucking TV cranked to 10,000, so... We're in a room, like, it's got tall ceilings like this, but it's fucking long, and I'm like, I got lucky, I got further from the door, so I'm right next to the TV, and the TV just is like, get the fuck down, all night, from like 2 a.m. to when we had to get up at like 5 a.m., all it was was machine gun fire. Holy shit, goddamn, I'm bleeding. Get me out of here. Jesus, Johnny, save my life. Holy shit, more explosions. I've still never seen this fucking movie because I never want to see this fucking movie. It's like how that lady doesn't like uh, some bullshit I heard earlier. <laughs> so anyway, um, what else is I going to talk about? Good. <laughs> No, I like that last minute. The last minute, it's like, it's the final countdown. It's like, I'm out of here. All right, uh, well, fuck it. I'll just end with my same old stupid joke. All right, what can lifesavers do that guys can't? Come in five different flavors. Thank you. Good night. resident photographer here at Mutiny Radio. All right. Uh, your next comedian uh, is a is a real comedian. Like, he has a CD, and he travels around the country and says funny things to people. You know, it's good times. You guys are going to love him. Or you won't, but you probably will, because everybody does. Uh, clap wildly like you haven't clapped before. It's Steve Poggi. Yes, So yeah, I have a CD coming out, and I was supposed to have a second CD coming out, but I scammed the recording company, and so now it's not coming out. Uh, here's the thing. In comedy, usually what happens is uh, they try to sell you big hopes and dreams of recording your CD, and uh, you know, you're going to get on all this uh, Spotify and iTunes and all this shit, and the truth be told, they give you a very low percentage of that. And they give you a very small fee. So this guy, like, and the way they make money is they charge you more per CD when you buy them. So if you're selling CDs after the show, you usually sell them for $10. Well, you can get them printed on your own for 2 bucks a rattle. Or you can order them through your company at $7 a pop. Right? So that's quite a bit of increase. Uh, so they gave me $1,000. I went out there. I recorded a CD for them. And they were like, okay, how many CDs do you want us to send you for you to sell after your show? And I said, none. <laughs> I was like, I don't want any of them. 
uh, they're like, well, that's that's how we're, you know, you get your name out there as you got us. I was like, yeah, you know, uh, I really don't want my name out there. Uh, so I don't want any. Go ahead and put it on iTunes or whatever you're going to do. I'm like, well, you only receive like a percentage, like 25%. I'm like, yeah, but I really don't want people to hear this. So thanks for the $1,000. I'm just saying, if you... You ever see an uproar recording artist? Tell him Steve said hi. <laughs> uh, it, you know, every once in a while in your life, you'll be faced with like a insurmountable task, right? Something that's so great, you can't conquer it, and you just have to accept this obstacle is your new reality. Okay, case in point, I cannot get my dad to stop peeing on the fence outside. I can't. Okay, he thinks it keeps raccoons away, and he's just running wild with this thought. Uh, I thought I would jokingly deter him, like, well, Dad, you're just peeing in one spot. Like, we'll just go around that. So now he does, like, a weird side trot. Swear to every morning he gets up, 7 a.m., tidy whitey, his old man's out there, bam, big old dad dick. Here he goes, he just starts pissing. The neighbors built half a fence. Half a fence just to block the view of our backyard from one of their windows. Not all the windows, just the main neighbors peeing on the fence again window. And he does this because he has an outdoor cat and he comes home and he calls the cat's name and the cat comes and he feeds it and he pets it and he brushes it. But raccoons come and steal that cat's food. Sounds like a real dilemma. Except that my dad named the cat Little Boy. So my dad walks around the neighborhood at dusk. Just, Little Boy! Little Boy! Boy, boy! Little Boy! Like, I just hope the neighbors are using it to their advantage. Right? Like, hey, Jimmy, you didn't eat all your peas. You gotta eat all your, you gotta clear your plate, little fella. You don't want to eat well, Mr. Pochi's going to take you away. Every night he comes around and takes away one little boy that doesn't eat his vegetables. Do you want to go with the, I don't want to go with Mr. Pochi. Well, you eat all your peas. That's my life now. But he does. He's, he fucking pees on this fence. And I, I had to sit down and be like, hey, Dad, like, that, that doesn't work. He's like, that's bullshit. The Indians used to pee around their camp before they go to sleep. And I'm like, you don't know any fucking Indians. And if you Google that shit, you type in Indians peeing around camp, a lot of videos come up, okay? <laughs> a lot of videos. None of them are aboriginal Native Americans preventing raccoons from eating their cat's food. Doesn't happen. Uh... Yeah, that's the end of my story. So thanks, thanks for doing this. I appreciate. This is my favorite AA meeting, so I can't wait for you two to share as well. Hey, Steve Boji, boy, boy, little boy, very funny. Uh, your next comedian is uh, one of the creepiest motherfuckers that exists in San Francisco. I wouldn't be surprised if he was walking around the streets uh, saying, "Boy, boy." Uh, but only so that uh, he could maybe suck a dick for uh, some more drugs. I don't know what's going to happen with our next comedian. He's going to stay alive for many more years, we hope. And maybe someday he can sell his hair for money. Put your hands together. It's Zach Wiseman.
it's it's weird when you uh, realize you're on stage because they're like, there's no way they're saying this shit about somebody else, right? <laughs> That's not somebody else. I didn't see that person out there. I don't. <laughs> oh fuck. So you ever think that maybe priests molesting kids is just God's way of testing our faith? I mean, he's cool with killing kids. He's like, yeah, kill your kill your son. Just kill him. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I was just I was just testing you, man. Do whatever. Do you think uh, pedophilia in the Catholic Church started from some dude who was just like, man, it's great how much these people trust me. You know, they trust me with. You know, I'm their connection to God. Man, I bet I could fuck these people's kids. <laughs> I could fuck these people's kids? And then shit's weird now. You think that's how it happened? Or do you think it was like pedophiles like, the only way we're going to be able to fuck these people's kids is if we make them believe in an afterlife. We have to make something more important than their kids' assholes. No, no. It's an idea I had. Just an th- idea I had. <laughs> I like to do drugs and comedy because uh, I'll have an idea when I'm really high and I'm like, that's fucking brilliant. And then I'll do it and I'll be like, yeah, hey, oh, well, good, good job. You're not insane yet. That's cool. <laughs> I like to do a lot of acid. I do quite a bit of acid. Um, it's the only drug that like makes me think better thoughts. Like, I, I approach LSD differently than every, every other drug. I do all the drugs. I do fucking every one of them. Uh, you just do them for reasons. Like, you just gotta... Like, here's, a, here's a drug tip. Uh, you have to parlay instant gratification into long-term satisfaction. And that means uh, if, if you do cocaine, don't, don't spend your evening telling people about your dog you had when you were seven for all night forever. You're a fucking moron. Uh, try to do something productive. Like, if, if amphetamines were bad, how did you graduate college? You know what I mean? If amphetamines were bad, why do we give them to kids every day of their lives? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think the, uh, like, the talent pool of drug users is just tainted by, like, how people present drugs to people. Like, think, think of how, uh, how boring baseball would be if everybody that started playing baseball was told that it was going to ruin their lives and their family would be disappointed in, in them forever, it'd be fucking women's softball. Nobody wants to watch that shit. Do drugs, guys. Do drugs. You seem like decent people. Do some fucking drugs. You got to increase that talent pool. That's what I'm saying. You guys ever notice that cunts are usually the angriest about being called cunts? It's an observation. It's observational comedy. I like that joke because it's literally only offensive to cunts, you know? So, uh, all right, I'm out of here. Wiseman, the only comedian that can successfully compare heroin to women's softball. Yay! No one else can do that. Uh, Cedric Drake? Nope. Ian Levy? Nope. Brady Holt? Nope. 
All right. She didn't even know she was going to go up tonight, but she is. Clap your hands wild, everybody. It's Nicole Love. Is she outside? Does she not know? She has no idea she's going up. Uh, okay, so it's dad. The dad in the room. Big daddy, Matthew Quirk. Hey, I didn't sign up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks, Zach. So uh, I guess I guess I'll first of all I just want to say something. Am I the only one totally unimpressed with your rage? I mean I really expected a lot more rage, big guy like you. It was nothing. So yeah, so so I, I usually do uh, political comedy up here, which means I can't talk about religion, but I can talk about science. And I saw this article where they said they did this study, and apparently. Chimps that have smaller testicles get louder and louder to compensate for their small testicles, and I think that that study is bullshit. All right. Glad I got that out of my system. So uh, usually I come up here and do a Ginger Lives Matter routine, but but the past couple of weeks I thought maybe that wasn't such a good subject to talk about, you know, with all the shootings and everything. But now after watching the Republican National Convention, I gotta separate myself from those white people and I've gotta bring Ginger Lives Matter back because I just cannot get roped in with those. And Trump, the obvious pandering Trump is doing to my growing political movement, but he's just a fucking faker, you know? I can tell he has no freckles. All that orange is fake. I mean, he just looks like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man if the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man was made out of Velveeta cheese. It's just disgusting. And I gotta expand my movement. I just can't be Ginger Lives Matter. I've gotta reach out to make more of a community. I've gotta reach out to like the LGBTQ community. You know, that would be like the Latins, Blacks, gingers, tans, and Q. I need a Q. Uh, anybody, anybody with a Q in their name? How about, how about just a Q in their name? They can be part of the movement too. And we can build our strength and fight against this oncoming s- slot from the, from the pales, those pale people. Anyway, where was I going with Ginger Lives Matter? So I just want to be clear about this with Donald Trump. I never said Orange Lives Matter. I just never, would never be down with that. Never. Never at all. All right, killing with political humor. Who doesn't mind that? Hey, come on in. All right, my audience is getting bigger. Usually people leave during my set. Now people are coming in. This is a good sign. It's a good sign. Uh, Let's see, what else did I want to talk about politically? Well, I, for one, am glad that uh, our legislative and judicial branches are finally covering where trannies can go to the bathroom. I mean, I've just been thinking, have those people just been holding it this whole time? That's fucking terrible. Terrible, the suffering they go through. Just terrible. Oh, my minute. All right, and I've got one add-on to my Ginger Lives Matter that goes back a bit, but I think you guys remember uh, Brock the Jock. He was that rapist who was a really good swimmer. Nobody remembers him? Man, these news cycles go fast. Anyway, as part of a leader of a political movement, I just want to be clear, anytime someone in their political movement is caught up in an action like this, I hope they react the same way I do. 
And I just want to be clear that that ginger's life does not matter. All right. Thank you, San Francisco. Matthew Quirk. Yay. Unfortunately, uh, your last comedian of the night just went into the bathroom. So we need to jump out of there as quickly as possible. Hey, everybody. Put your hands together. I hope he's not pooping. Is he pooping. Because Cedric's not here, and Ian Levy didn't make it. Um, Nicole loves outside, so I don't know if she wants to set, but... Hey, everybody. Hey, um, someone yelled, ask if Nicole Love wants a set from outside. All right, Brady Holt. Yeah, how awkward is that approaching the stage, buckling your belt? Let's find out on this episode of the Brady Hold Show. Just kidding, not hijacking anything. Uh, that's just how I, I think of my life is the Truman Show. I'm Brady Hold. I, uh, I'm trying to fart less. But I'm pooping in my pants way more. <laughs> pooping. Why did I say that? Shitting. <laughs> I'm an adult. I did a clean mic last night. It's still wearing off. I'm just uh, not used to it. I, uh, you know, I went to a spiritual guru. I don't know if you guys have ever done that. It was a cat. Believe me. True. A spiritual cat. I asked it for advice, and it said, be here, Meow. Anyway, so I'm Brady Holt. I'm living in my car. Uh, Got that going for me. It's fun stuff. I can park anywhere I want after dark, but I got to be out before it's light. So I got a bit of a car few, if you will. It's fun. It's fun. I, uh, I, I've been thinking about making some money with my car. Not uh, Uber. Everybody's doing that. I was going to put it up on Airbnb. That's right, airbags and breakfast. Airbags and bre- breakfast all day at the drive-thru. I, uh, I remember asking my mom as a kid for a race car bed, and she said no. But guess what, mom? I sleep in my car every night now. Look who's the real winner coming in first place. I was trying to think about the different like echelons of the homeless, right? You know, or classes if you're a D&D nerd or Star Wars nerd or something like me. And so there's the guy on the street, like he's a low class or something, and like I buy my weed off him. And then there's me in the car, maybe a guy above me in a bus or a van or something, room to stand up, maybe even a shower. Who knows? We can all dream. And uh, then you think about it like, wait a minute, this whole system is screwed. We're just looking for a place to sleep. I'm going to skip that. Just do a bunch of meth. I'll stay up for, like, days straight. I won't have to, like, sleep anywhere anymore. Sell my car. Get what? Like, three days worth of meth. I can't do meth math. I, um... You know, then, when you're out of meth, just go to a cop, say, excuse me, can I have some more meth? And then they'll arrest you. You go to jail. Homelessness problem solved. Get a little butt rape and a personal massage. Um, it's the joy of having roommates. I, uh, wouldn't know. I live in my car. I, uh, (laughs) I remember I was, um, trying to stay fit, stay fit in the car, do a little bit of yoga, do some car yoga, try to squeeze around in the different positions there. I call this one $9 in the bank account. Oh, it's declined. This one's showering on the beach. 
I figured out what those handles in the back are for. One of those. You know, showering on the beach, guys, it's fun. It's fun stuff. You know, because I start my day with morning wood. If you aren't doing it, you should totally do it. Pop a Viagra in the middle of the night if you have to. And then, boom, cold shower. First thing in the morning, I experience a wide range of emotions through my penis, <laughs> turning into the biggest clit ever. It's just, it's fun stuff. I'm Brady Hold. I, um, I, okay, so I've been, like, I've been trying to dietary fiber uh, recently, adding that to my meals, little Metamucil for my, for my poops. And then I've been trying to meditate, you know, from spiritual enlightenment. So I've got some meditation for my chakras and some Metamucil for my shitras. Poops. Started it and ended it with poop. Technically, poop so show jokes are a clean set. Yay, Brady Old, yay. We have one last comedian for you guys tonight, and boy, are you lucky. I mean, thank your lucky stars for this happy hour. You guys, are, she didn't even know she was performing. I just wrote her down because I was like, you're fucking here, you're doing jokes. Because she's hilarious, and you guys are going to love her. Clap wildly like you haven't clapped yet tonight. It's Nicole Love. <laughs> That's too much for mutiny. Stop. Uh, gosh. God. I don't need self-esteem boost in here. I need to bomb real hard. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, Trump, right? He's a piece of shit. Yeah. But, you know. Um, yeah, he's a piece of shit. But um, really, like, the shadow government runs everything, so... It doesn't matter, but um, I. Uh, but uh, on the record, yeah, Trump, fuck him. But uh, what I wanted to say, he does have my favorite campaign promise, I think, which is to protect the gays from the Muslims. I think that's <laughs> LGBTQ rights, right? You know, finally someone's sticking up for them. Um, because you didn't know that, right? You know, now that there's no uh, marriage to fight for or uh, whatever else, I guess butt sex is legal all around the country. It wasn't always that way, people. This man knows. Uh, no, he, uh, not because of his personal, he's just aware of the history of butt sex laws, not for any particular reason, just because he's a man in the know, okay? All right, this is silly. Um, uh, yeah, work, uh, no, I don't want to talk about that. Um, I'm sorry I'm failing. It's because you clap too much. And now this is what happens. Um, so I, I think right now is a weird time for look for, to look for work. Um, and I need to start looking for work because I'm, I'm going to get fired from my job any day now. And it's not because I can't do my job. I just don't have those intangible star qualities, you know, that are so important in a modern day workplace, you know. Like, you got to have, you got to have a fun-loving male clerk, right? Um, does anyone work in a place that has a, a, a happiness manager? I, s 
I saw a job listing for a happiness manager, which I thought was very ridiculous. I also think it's ridiculous to trust anyone you're paying $13 an hour with your happiness. Uh, don't do it. I saw uh, another another job listing for a director of first impressions. Oh, man, I'm not qualified for that. I would need to get, um, a, I think, a Monopoly Man suit and monocle uh, for that job interview. Thank you. I'm not good at impressions, um, first, second, or celebrity. Okay, I want to end talking about uh, my favorite thing, which is hoverboards. Um, (laughs) For three months now, I can't stop talking about hoverboards. (laughs) (laughs) No, so, like, they're a very popular thing. Um, I hesitate to call them hoverboards because they're just, like, such a a disappointing manifestation of what we all thought hoverboards were going to be. They're just shaftless segues is what they are. Um, But when they first came out, I only saw black people riding around on these things. Only black people. Uh, And you can trust my notes. I took very detailed notes on this. There are pages and pages of videos on worldstarhiphop.com just dedicated to people falling off these things. I believe Mike Tyson injured himself on a hoverboard so you know it's a black phenomenon and um, when I I saw this I was like what the hell is this Um, this is the oddest reparations project I've ever seen you know from from casinos to hoverboards America just has a very strange way of saying sorry it's just so bizarre but then, um, you know, a few months uh, passed by, and everyone wanted to get on this hoverboard sensation. And right before they could, the batteries started exploding, setting the hoverboards on fire. You know, so now I see what was really going on. This was the Tuskegee experiment of hoverboard technology. Very disgusting. You always make black people do it first. There are bodies on Mars right now. You shot you shot the black man up to Mars. I know it. Zombie black men on Mars. I know that's what's happening now. We did it first. Okay, I'm crazy. I'm Nicole Love and I'm gonna leave the stage right now. Crazy theories. The CIA was listening to that entire set. Uh, they're going to be contacting you later this evening. Uh, but don't worry. Just stick around here because we have a great show at 8 o'clock. Uh, it's the I've only been doing comedy less than a year, but I'm definitely going to make you laugh. Uh, stay tuned for Justin Lockwood, Urjwal Dasgupta. Look, was that close enough? Saul Mazaki, Haley Benham, Archdeacon, Jeff Dean, Jenny Hogan, Valerie Vernal, and Johnny Isaacs on the next show. Uh, I've been your host, Pam Benjamin of Happy Hour. Uh, please, please mark your calendars because 820, that's Saturday 820, is the Noise Pop 20th Street Block Party, and Mutiny Radio will be having events from 10 a.m. all the way until 10 p.m., corresponding with that day uh, with Noise Pop. And we're going to have this really great clothing drive, and you should come by. Check out the flyers. They're by the, by the exit. They're orange. You can't miss them. Thanks again for being here at the Happy Hour. Bye bye. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? 
We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about 